I'm Richard Lannan, Rides with Cannon, and this is the Glazing Insider Industry Podcast. Welcome to the podcast dedicated to the people of the glazing industry. In this episode, I talk with Andy Ball, who is the Joint Managing Director of Balls to Marketing. In this conversation, Andy talks us through his fenestration journey, all the way from how he started to the position he's in today. So, without further ado, let's get started. Andy, welcome to the show. How did you get into it? How did you enter the fenestration world? Well, I've always, pretty much from uh, a young guy, I've always been into building products or contracting. Uh, I've done various things from... uh, I was uh, uh, head of marketing at uh, Profile 22. I was um, uh, sales marketing director at Sinseal in the good old days. But uh, I've always had a passion for launching products. You know, I've done that from a very early age, finding out what the market's doing, getting that edge you know, that makes you different to everybody else. And I think that's where you know, the, the, that marketing feel... You know, I started off in sales, so I understand what a salesman needs to make something happen and to, to get the interest for him. Yeah, I was sales as well. So it's more, I always explain that you're trying to find solutions for your customer as opposed to trying to push something on them. Yeah, you're right, Richard. You're trying to, you're trying to create the least, you know, the, the, the path of least resistance for somebody. Make it easy for them. Give them something that they didn't know they could get or, or do you know what? That makes my life a lot easier. Yes, exactly. I started off selling to architects who are a hard bunch to uh, sell to. Uh, but as soon as you make their life easy, they'll specify you time and time again. Yes, <laughs> which is definitely something that's a tactic that a lot of companies are looking at doing now because, yeah. of course, a lot of plans come into installers. They have to go somewhere and they're coming from somewhere, which is most important. So the more that the, the, the architects are aware of your products and, and everything that's yeah. out there, they can specify it, which is the ideal solution. Yeah, absolutely. So, how did you balls to marketing? When did when did that come about then? Well, um, when I um, when I left Sinseal, it had always been in my mind to you know I've got a passion for marketing and um, really wanted to set an agency up, and it was always in the plan for Sarah and myself to set something up. And then we just said, you know what, let's do it. I had a few customers uh, phone me up and said can we have a chat? And it really went from there. And in fact, some of those customers, 11 years later, are still with us and, and have grown massively. And it's been a you know, real pleasure to sort of be along that trip and that journey, really. So when you started, how, or what did that look like as a business? Were you, did you sort of start it at home or did you sort of go? Uh, well, we, we started in the conservatory and then uh, we're very fortunate to be able to buy an office, um, literally, you know, a quarter of a mile from where I live. Oh, brilliant. So we, we did that for a long time. But last year, I mean, we've grown significantly over the time. So we bought a, uh, an office closer to our town, which is in Derby, and have just refurbished that just to, to try and make it a really nice place for our guys to want to come to and work, especially since post-pandemic. Yeah. You know, uh, I disagree that most people want to work from home. I don't think they do. They just want to be somewhere they feel safe, comfortable, and enjoy it. Are you finding that is the same for everyone or is it a bit of a hybrid version where they want to work from home a little bit or? No, all our guys wanted to come back. Um, we, you know, we have a relatively young team as you often do in marketing. Um, you know, we have our own postgraduate scheme so we attract a lot of talent uh, locally. And we found, you know, they were saying to us, you know, how soon can we come back? You know, we, they, they enjoy the atmosphere and, and it, 
they're um, yeah they're they're a social bunch. So yeah, we really that's that really motivated us to find the right place uh, and just you know sort of make it a, a a good place an interesting place to be. And yeah, nobody really wants to work from home. We we can do. We're all geared up to do it, uh, yeah. but uh, we don't. With with marketing creativity, collaboration really that's is a it. lot easier when you're all together. Yeah. Even. I know we've got the virtual meetings and it's better than it ever has been, but just being in the same room with someone and bouncing it's ideas off the not wall, the it's, just, it's just completely different. So Yeah, you're absolutely right. To be able to stick your head up and go, what do you think of this, guys? You know, and suddenly you have a conversation about it. And that is so important in, in a marketing agency in that environment. You have to keep that momentum going all the time. So you work with your wife? Yes, yeah. What's that like? Uh, good, actually. I mean, we, um, we've worked together for a long time now, and we have very different roles within in the business. But uh, actually, we, we're now, because of the way the business is developing and, and, and growing, and we, we have other areas of, um, of business that we're doing, we're actually now joint managing directors, uh, because we make all the decisions together anyway. It just makes more sense. We're bringing through the next generation as well now. So Lauren, who started with us as a marketing assistant, many years ago after getting a degree in journalism, is now our client strategy director. And we've just recently taken on uh, Katie Brzaki, who uh, is our um, operations director. So uh, you know, we have a, a really strong team that we're growing. I only ask that because I've worked with my wife before and uh, definitely we kept the separation. Do you, do you sort of, you don't share a desk or like sit opposite each other? Are you in separate rooms? Or? Uh, she's moved me downstairs. I was going to say, no, yeah. that's, hard. That's, that's key. I think that is very key. That makes perfect sense. Absolutely. You've got your own space, and, but of course you yeah. make the decision. And don't talk too much about work at home. I think is always a good one to yes. do. Yes, yeah. it's definitely <laughs> something that can make a difference to, to success really because if yeah. you get sick of it, you can really just talk about work too. I know it's, when it's your own business, though, it's, it is different. You've got a passion for it in a different way to, say, an employee may have. So, yeah, it makes a difference. So where did pigs come into all of this? Well, we, um, we were involved in pigs from very early on. It was, um, it was actually set up by uh, Dave Broxton, who's a you know, well-known um, figure within the industry, really uh, initially to uh, help uh, the journalists within, within, the, within the industry just get together, you know, in London, have a chat, you know, meet with a few people. And it kind of grew from there. We were, uh, I was an early, um, when I was, uh, spent my time with uh, Tech uh, helping them set up in the UK, the, we, we were very much sort of, you know, advocates of pigs and we, we used to hold quite a few events. And a few years ago, um, uh, Dave approached us and said, you know, would you like to take this on? Which we jumped at the chance. It was a big honor, actually, because it was, it was already pretty established then. But what we've done, we've broadened it out, um, and it's a social event. It's about getting together. There's no, the, there's no agenda to pigs at all. We don't let anybody do a load of promotion. We, we're very honored to have fantastic sponsors who sponsor us time and time again, put a couple of hundred quid each behind the bar, get some food, and that's it, really. So, yeah, it's good, especially uh, you had an event, uh, it, new location, wasn't it? For, no, coming up is the new location. Yeah, we're, so. we're, we're first time, and, and by request really, we're actually going to Bristol as well, which is great. I love the <laughs> southwest anyway. And some fantastic companies down there. It's a real hub of, of uh, glass companies as well as uh, of fabricators. So um, I'm looking forward to that one. And you had the one in Manchester, which I was booked to go to, but I was unwell, so I right. didn't quite make no it. Excuse, I, no excuses, no excuses. It's also um, 
yeah, it's, it, I definitely wanted to go. I was, I was ready to go. Um, but I, I'm, I'll be popping along tonight. How did that one go? The first time in a it, while it that was, everyone got together? It was good. We'd, we'd done the Birmingham one toward the end of last year. That was November time. Uh, we had about 180 people there, something like that. We, we go to large venues now. And um, that went very well. Manchester was very successful as well. There's a lot happening actually that week, but still people found the time to come over. And yeah, it's just, it's just very easy going. And we know a lot of business gets done there as well, which is not a bad thing. So from a marketing point of view, I know you're in the fenestration world, but you are in other industries as well, aren't you? Yes, we, um, we're, we're kind of our, our passion is the glazing industry. Um, you know, I got into it many, many years ago, uh, working with installers and setting networks up of installers for different products. And, uh, but we, we've expanded into other home improvements. Uh, we're very involved in renewables in other sectors, such as kitchens, etc. And we're also um, very involved in construction, as well as you know, where we are in the East Midlands, we have other, other clients. So, but we're still kind of, you know, um, our core is the glazing industry. Have you noticed, from a marketing point of view, how different our industry is to the others? Are they sort of ahead of us in any way, or are we... I think, I think the, the glazing industry has always been quite a good innovator, really. You know, I know you were talking to Matthew Glover yesterday. You know, uh, you know people like that with a real passion, a real knowledge, you know, really pushing the boundaries. Glazing industry is full of that. We're a bunch of entrepreneurs at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, when you go to some other more corporate, yeah, we work with some quite large clients, it is a different feel, a different, uh, a different way of doing things. But I think, you know, be able to roll your sleeves up you know, and say, right, we're going to launch this new product. How are we going to get it to market? That, that's, um, yeah, we've always been very good at that in the glazing industry. We're all salespeople. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's exactly it. And it's, it sort of makes it great, but at the same time, it can be quite difficult to sell something to someone because there was a yeah. double glazing salesperson in there somewhere. Yes, um, yeah. I always use it at a party, actually, if I don't want to be there. I'll say, well, you, what you do? I'm in double glazing, and they, they drift off at that they point, really don't they? did. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. And it was people, as soon as I said, I mean, I could call myself a double glazing sales consultant, and they, they just, so, do, are you knocking on doors? I said, no, I've never knocked on my doors <laughs> in my life, but, you know, that's what they see. Yeah. And then the likes of white gold coming along, sort of oh, yeah. great entertainment value for us, but yeah. it didn't do any, anything good for our No, industry. not really. I think a lot of that's very true as well. <laughs> that's the worrying thing. I, uh, yeah. So the, there's a few questions that I ask usually in these podcasts, but this is sort of a, a hybrid version of a bit of a live and bit of your journey. Yeah. But in, in the whole of your working journey, whether it's in the fenestration world, was there a low point in all of that? Was there a low point that sticks out for you? Yeah, funny enough, it was um, when I decided to, to get out of, uh, of the glazing industry. I was, um, I was very successful. I, my background was roofing originally. Uh, I ran a roofing contracting company, and then I worked for some large commercial roofing suppliers. And I, I was actually asked to, uh, to get uh, PVC roofing into the, um, uh, into the domestic market by a large company. And that was great because I didn't go to roofing companies. I went straight to glazing companies and I, uh, we trained them up with a, with a, a proper M MVQ system. And that organization is now called Seeker Roof Assured and it's still going very, very well and you'll see it advertised in all the magazines. But I, I was tempted away to, to, lead, to lead that, to go to an electrical wholesaler and I hated it. 
lasted, lasted about three or four months before uh, Profile 22 rescued me and got me back into the industry. <laughs> right, I see. Did it help, though, in a way you sort of saw that you, what you didn't want to do, basically? You knew exactly. Yeah, I think, Grass you know, it, 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 yeah, I, I can't, because I, I love marketing and the sales, I needed something that isn't just a commodity, you know, for you know, electrical appliances, selling, you know, selling to um, but, you know, people like Mighty and things like that. It's just a commodity, and I didn't enjoy it. But, uh, you know, that challenge of actually working with installation companies and helping people grow their businesses, it's, it's pleasurable to do. You know, you get a kick out of it. So do you cover, this is just general interest now, is it more, who do you work with more now? Is it still sort of installation companies or is it more we're, we're suppliers? Very, we work across the supply chain, really. So we work with, from component suppliers uh, right the way through to installers. And we have, we have a, a good network of, uh, of customers there across the country. And that's great because we, we see both sides. Where we obviously do a lot of tracking of sales inquiries, the, the, the lead and lag that's happening out there with homeowners, and yes. you know, whether they're, they're having a, from you know, inquiring to actually placing orders. And that's great because we, we work with a lot of fabricators in the trade side, so we can feed that raw data back into that chain there. And uh, we find that's extremely useful. Yeah. And having such a, a good network of customers also meant you know whilst when we're coming out of pandemic and um, you know with the, all the issues we've had the price increases and everything it's been it's been great to have that barometer um, yes. and, and work with organizations to to try and yes try and make some sense of everything brilliant now the flip side to that other question the low point is there a high point that sticks out for you yeah i think um i think i re you know i really enjoy working you know companies we've worked with for a long long time Seeing that you know they've, they've sort of maybe taken it from a you know a five million to a forty million pound business, and you know I think when you when you meet with those guys and you meet with their customers and and see what they've they've done, it it kind of gives you a little bit of pride actually. It shouldn't do, but it does. You know yeah. I really enjoy being part of that, and that uh, you know we've been some contribution toward that business growing, and I I think so. We get a, a fair few highs really from that, I suppose, and uh, yeah, it's very enjoyable. I'm also enjoy, enjoying very much the, um, the joining network that I'm involved in as well, uh, which we have a little stand here at the show. And that's really about uh, um, looking at timber and how do we bring timber back to the mainstream as, as we've, we're very much part and parcel of helping companies bring aluminium into the domestic market. And um, yeah, with sustainability, it's a big issue as it is now to have another product that's very sustainable just creating opportunities really so yeah we we, we set it up with backing uk manufacturers really looking to uh, yeah expand out with professional view good products you know fully tested it's uh, it's an interesting thing to be involved with that is interesting is that is it engineered timber products or a mix of mix of everything um there's a mix engineering products are most of it now although we do you know there's a lot of hardwoods you can as still well. yeah yeah um but um, what we're doing really is um, we've created a, a timber window system that can be worked with a number of different woods. And then we help joinery companies and, and, uh, and actually some, some startups as well uh, actually get making a fully certified PASS24 system 
Uh, we work very closely with Secure by Design, who approached us a couple of years ago, say they'd like they like what we're doing, and uh, but they work with us and alongside, and that's growing quite nicely. And so it's it's just really about helping people do it professionally rather than make a couple of windows that may not conform to all the standards that you see out there quite a lot. So yeah. uh, and that, you know we we have about forty companies in the network now. Uh, who are making uh, windows and doors on a regular basis. Well, timber for me, it used to solve the problem. A lot of conservation areas, some people just prefer the feel of it and they're willing to, you know, it was never the cheapest option, but it was always explained that there are other options. And with engineering timber, it changed things because those that had to have timber, I could always explain to them, look, there is less maintenance. There's still technically some maintenance, but it's, it's light years ahead of, of where it used to be. And, you know, even the hardwood, if it's not engineered and it, the paint technology that is now there, that it can breathe, you don't have to maintain it every year. You just keep an eye on it if it's in the sun. All of these factors were a selling point And, you know, it's got its place and it, it, it will always have that place, in my opinion. So if it helps with sustainability and everything to go with that, it, it, it's a bigger plus, to be honest. Yeah, you're right, Richard. And, um, and I think there's a, uh, you know, we talk to installers, well, I don't know if you want to, you know, I don't really want to sell timber because I might be able to get a uh, window one week and then the, the joinery company that's making for me is too busy afterwards and yeah. you can't get that certainty of supply that is needed and that's really behind the joinery network is creating that network of good fully certified professional joinery manufacturers uh, making a consistent quality product to a system and making that really available to installers uh, who may want to put a front door in and PVC windows next to it, or aluminium windows, or put a timber door in aluminium frame. It's about having those options. You know, we need to keep selling and you know, come bring something new to uh, to homeowners. That is exactly right. That's the amount of customers that I had. They would go down the route of UPVC. I mean, with the technology in in the timber-looking flush sashes and everything that's available customers were quite comfortable if they were permitted by regulations to, to have the UPVC because it was less maintenance but yeah. some of them would not their front door was important to them and they, they wanted the timber and they were okay with that little bit of maintenance that was every five years or yeah. whatever it is so that's fine it's, it's easy to access and even the process of painting it is just a protective coating in most cases so you're not stripping it back to the bare wood it. and it, it's, it's a breeze most people okay in some cases if they were doing the whole house, they'd probably have someone do it for them. Uh, but yeah, Whereas otherwise, it was a nice mix. And I had that a few times, actually, to yeah. the point where they were even using local joinery companies still. So the networks and everything that you can build up, that makes perfect sense. Because people do want to use local. They want to find that, that good quality joiners that know what they're doing. And, and that's going to help. Yeah, and I think that is the case. And, you know, um, I've you know, spent quite a bit of time in Bristol over the years. And... Yeah, you look there, they'll, they'll put all timber windows at the front in the conservation, there'll be PVC at the back, and that's yes. great. That's fine. Yeah. You know, we, we need to have that flexibility. So, last question. It's something that I started asking recently, so feel free not to answer it, because we can always cut this. But, and I think I, you've probably got quite a good answer because of who you work with, but of everyone in the industry, in the fenestration industry, if you had to spend two weeks on a desert island with one of them from someone from within the fenestration industry who would it be i can't say my wife well you could say your wife that's an easy one that's but if there is someone else i had um i had paul on the, the other day and he he works with his wife as well so he yeah. said his wife initially and then he came up with someone else so yeah. if there's someone else you can think of yeah um 
I, I think probably, I think I'd probably say, probably say John Vanstone actually, right. because uh, I know John well, work with him. Uh, we've had a few beers. He's always got an opinion on something. He's got a lot of knowledge. And we could have some good discussions, especially when we get into politics and things like that as well. So, yeah, that would be a bit of fun. Brilliant. Andy, thank you for your time. Great. Thank and, you uh, very much, Richard. You. And uh, until next time, we'll catch yeah. up at the end of the point. Yeah. Cheers. Thank, thank you. you. That was a great conversation with Andy. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you'd like to hear more podcasts like this one, consider subscribing. Otherwise, thank you for listening. Until next time.